God's grace, his mercy, his salvation be yours tonight in Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. We're continuing our sermon series looking at Jesus Christ, his appearances in the ancient times of the Old Testament. Even before he was born of the Virgin Mary and took on flesh and became incarnate for our salvation, he appeared all the way through the Old Testament in God's great plan of salvation throughout the ages. And so far we've looked at when Jesus appeared to Abraham, to Hagar, to Jacob, to Moses, to Balaam, to Joshua. And then this week we're going to look at when Jesus appeared to Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Now, by way of introduction to that, let's look at the context here. Uh, Gideon was one of the deliverers that God raised up to save Israel out from under the hand of their enemies. When? Well, this is taking place about 1100 BC, uh, about a thousand years after Abraham lived or so. And uh, remember, after Abraham, the people went down to Egypt, right? They were in bondage for nearly a little over 400 years. God brought them up out of Egypt from under the hand of bondage of Pharaoh through the Red Sea, through the wilderness 40 years with Moses, then into the promised land with Joshua. And before there was ever a king in Israel, there was a period called the time of the judges when there was no king. But what happened in those days was this. The people of Israel departed from the Lord, worshipped Baal, worshipped Asherah and other false gods of the Canaanite religions. And then God got angry and, and to discipline his children, he sent marauders and raiding bands and enemies into their land. And then the people would do what? Help God. Oh, I'm sorry. We've forgotten you. God, please save us. And then God would raise up a judge. He'd raise up a deliverer to come and lead them into victory and give them peace again. And then they'd sin again. They'd cry for help. He'd send a deliverer. They'd sin again. He'd cry for help. He'd send a deliverer. And in this case, they've sinned again. Uh, the Midianites, in this case, came raiding into them as many as the sand of the sea. Their camels were without number. They came like locusts upon the earth, like a, a storming uh, Nazis when they swept across Europe and, and put everybody into a dark cloud of, of evil of the Nazi regime. So the, the land is covered with uh, the Midianite raiders. And so, oh, there's a little phone. <laughs> and so... Um, at this time, God raises up Gideon. So let's take a look there in Judges chapter 6 and read about this. Beginning verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Notice how scary a situation this is. Angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. What's Gideon doing? Beating out the, the wheat in the wine press. Why aren't you beating it out on the threshing floor, Gideon? Well, because the Midianites are in the land. I gotta hide it. I gotta do it over here. That always reminds me that I mean that reminds me this time of that scene from Sound of Music, remember? Where they're, uh, they're, the Nazis are there and they're pushing the car out really gently without with the lights out, and, and then all of a sudden the lights come on, the, the Nazi SS are standing there. But it's a problem if it's your car, right? Oh, 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 I guess it works. Well, that's the kind of situation Gideon is in here. He is uh, at the threshing, uh, he's not at the threshing floor. He's beaten out the wheat in the wine press. He's hiding it from the Midianites. They're in the land. Very scary situation. But here the angel of the Lord appears to him. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to, to Gideon, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. 
Who? <laughs> Me? Yes, you mighty men of valor. Let's see. Gideon said to him, Pray, sir, if the Lord's with us, why then has this befallen us? Where are all his wonderful deeds which our fathers recounted to us? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord's cast us off and give us, given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him. That Lord, Lord there, by the way, is capitalized, which means Yahweh. So who's this angel of the Lord, by the way? Jesus. It's God. It's Yahweh. The angel of the Lord, Jesus, then turns to Gideon and says to him, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And then Gideon says, Pray, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan, it is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. And then, the, then it goes on from there. So who is this angel of the Lord again? Jesus. It's the same, the angel of the Lord, that appears through the Old Testament to Moses, to Jacob, to Abraham, to Hagar, to Balaam, to Joshua. Here, the angel of the Lord, Jesus, appears again to Gideon. And uh, what can we learn from this story about ourselves, and what do we learn as we read this? Well, what will God teach us? First of all, we learn, I believe, that God's people can get into distressing situations. In this case, on account of their sin, right? Because listen to what happens here in Judges chapter 6. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years, and Midian prevailed over, him, over them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the land. They came up with their cattle and their tents, coming like locusts without number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, and they wasted the land as they came in. Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried for help to the Lord. Did God's people sometimes get into trouble? Do God's people sometimes get into trouble on account of their sin? Do God's people sometimes get into trouble even on account of their righteousness and no fault of their own, like Job, or like Paul, or like Jesus, who did nothing wrong but suffered for it? Yeah, we get into times of trouble. God acknowledges that in this scripture for us. In this case, it was on account of their sin. But what else do we learn here? When they cried to God for help, what did he do? He sent a deliverer, right? It says, it says, they cried to, for help to the Lord, and when the people of Israel cried to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet, and then he sends Gideon a deliverer. So what's that teach you? When you're in distress, when you're in a troubling situation, when you are, your back is up against the wall, you cry to the Lord for help, what do you expect from the Lord? He's going to help you, right? I mean, guess what? These guys are suffering on account of their sin. I imagine your suffering, for the most part, is... On account of righteousness. You didn't even do anything wrong. You're just suffering. You're facing something terrible in life. If they get the Lord answering them on account of their, even when they sinned, how much more God's own people redeemed in Christ when you cry to him for help, is he going to help you? Amen. You with me on that? Do you believe that? Do you know what it says in the Bible? Listen to this just for your comfort here today. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Righteous people who do right, sometimes suffer great afflictions. But the Lord delivers them. Listen to this one, Psalm 145. The Lord is just in all his ways, and he's kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Right? You know that one? The Lord is what to all who call upon him? Y'all listening? He is what? He's near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in 
Truth. Thank you, Susa. Very good. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. He does what? He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord hears all who call upon him in truth. And so you have this great word tonight. Are you in some distress? Gideon's story is teaching us, cry to the Lord, he'll answer you. He comes to help his people. He's just waiting to do it. And he loves to. Also, next we learn here, when God called Gideon to be the deliverer, what did he say to him? How did this conversation go? He goes up to Gideon, who's fearfully beating out the wine, wheat in the wine press, afraid of the Midianites. And God, Jesus, addresses him like this. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What? Who? <laughs> Who are you talking to, Jesus? Says Gideon, probably. Me? And then he goes on here. Jesus says it again to them. He says, go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. How would you feel if you were Gideon at this point? He answers like this. He says, how can I deliver Israel? Who am I? I'm just a little guy. He says, behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my family. We got a small clan and I'm the littlest of them all. Why would you choose me? But notice how the Lord addresses him. Go in this might of yours, you mighty man of valor, and deliver him. What do we learn here about this? Jesus, when he looks at Gideon, he sees him differently than Gideon sees himself, doesn't he? Is that true? God said, Jesus looks at him and says, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor, let's say, over there. Do we believe that when he would say such a thing to us? That's how the Lord saw what he's going to do in Gideon. He saw who he was, who was calling him to be in Jesus Christ. He saw what, what he was going to do in him and who he really was. Gideon didn't catch up with that yet. He thought, I'm small, I'm weak, I'm a nobody. Right? Do you feel like that? Do you understand who you are in Christ and what God says to you? Who, what is your real identity in Jesus Christ? Right? You like that sermon series. What does God say to you? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says, you are a chosen race. Think about that. You are chosen. Can you take that into your heart right now? I'm a chosen person of God. I am a, a chosen race of a special people. I'm a royal priesthood. Are you royal? God comes up to you and says, hail you royal priest. What, me? No, how could that be me? You know me, God. I'm just little nobody. I'm a nothing. You're royal. You're priests. You're a holy nation. You're God's own people, a people for his own possession, his own treasure. Do you believe these things? You know, that took Gideon a while to get used to. Gideon answers here, and he's testing. He's like, how can I do it? I'm the smallest. I'm, my, my clan is the, is, the, is the smallest. I'm the weakest. And he actually tests God. And what does Jesus do? He encourages him. He brings a little goat, next verses. He brings some unleavened cakes, and then he and Jesus has them pour broth all over them. Jesus reaches out the tip of his staff, touches it, it goes up in fire, and then he disappears. And Gideon says, That was the angel of the Lord. I see him face to face, and I've lived. Right? So does God encourage Gideon in his new identity? Does God encourage you in your new identity? Was Gideon done needing encouragement? You know the whole story, Gideon and his fleece. Remember that? Gideon actually goes out to destroy the, 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 
the um, altar of Baal, that, which God told him to do. But you know what the scriptures say? He did it at night because he was afraid of the people. So he destroyed it at night, and then he was saved there. He's growing in strength, growing in his identity, stepping out but afraid. And then God says, now go deliver Israel from Midian. What does what is, what is, uh, um, Gideon do at that point? Uh, then Gideon said to God, if, you, if thou wilt deliver Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I'm laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there be dew on the fleece alone and it's dry in all the ground, then I shall know that you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you have said. Now, God already said it to him, right? I want to test it. I just want to, I want more encouragement here, God. And so what does God do? He does that exact thing. He makes the fleece to be full of dew and everything else dry. Gideon's not done. <laughs> he rose early next morning, squeezed the fleece, wrung out enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl of water. That should be enough, right? But then Gideon said to the Lord, don't let your anger burn against me. Let me just test you this one more time. Uh, speak but once, pray. Let me make a trial only this once more of the fleece. Pray, let it be dry only on the fleece and all the ground be wet with dew. Now, that's pretty interesting. Fleeces soak up dew, don't they? In this case, he says, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And God did so that night, for it was dry on the fleece only and on all the ground there was dew. What is God doing here? Say the word. Encouraging him, right? Get in here, a mighty man of valor. I don't really feel that way. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you again. Let me encourage you again. Now go out and fight him. And even when he fights them in the Midianites, God says, if, if, you're, if you believe, go on and down there now and, and, and take them. If you need more encouragement, go down there and hear what they're saying about me in the camp of the Midianites. And then he hears about the dream and he gets more encouragement. Gideon needed constant encouragement about who he was in Jesus. Right? Do we need constant encouragement about this too? Do you realize who you really are in Jesus Christ? There's a story of an elephant, a uh, little baby elephant. You hear the story? Little baby elephant in, this, in, the, uh, in the circus. They put a rope on his foot, and they tie it over to a tent peg. And when he's a little baby, he tries to pull on it, and he learns he can't get away. Well, as he grows older, they continue to put the rope on it and the tent peg. The only difference is he's growing and getting bigger and mightier and stronger until he's a full-grown full-blown, powerful, mighty elephant. But all it really takes to restrain him is just put that little rope on there and that little tent peg because he learned when he was young he couldn't get out of it. And so he never tried. Even though with his strength now, he could just pull it and get out of there in a second. Do you think it might be the same set of you? You know, we all understand. I understand you're a flesh like me. We're all weak, right? You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a weak little person. I'm a frail little person. I'm a little buddy. I'm a nobody. But you realize what God has called you in Jesus, just like with Gideon? You're a mighty man of valor. Go in this might of yours and deliver. What about that? Do you accept that? How about this? God says to you, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. You are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You don't just come in and run the show. You totally run the show, right? How about this one with uh, Jesus sends out the 70? The demons are subject to us on your name. He says, rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. No power of the enemy shall hurt you. Have you meditated on these things recently? Do you understand who you really are in Jesus? That just 
no power, say no power, of the enemy can hurt you. Go forward, right? That you are a rec reconciled people, 2 Corinthians 5. That you are reckoned as righteous by God, a people. You are a justified people. You are a people who has peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You are sons and daughters of God. To him, all who believe in him, they, he gave power to become children of God, right? He designated and destined you to be sons, not for wrath, but to glory. You are vessels of mercy, the Bible says. You are washed, the Bible says. You are powerful in Jesus, not of your own flesh, but in Jesus, you can do all things in him who strengthens you, Philippians 4. How about you meditate on these verses occasionally? Because I'll bet you, you're probably thinking, this sounds good, but I don't think of myself that way. You know what you need? Encouragement. And Jesus, the angel of the Lord, says, I'm going to encourage you again. I'm going to encourage you again. And I'm going to encourage you again until you start, like Gideon, to understand who you really are. You don't know who you really are. You do, sort of. But you're not yet in full understanding and possession of that identity. Even though you are, you're growing into it, like Gideon. You are a mighty woman of valor, Susa. Really? Really? Yes, you are. I'm not saying that. You know, Jesus says these things, right? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. More than conquerors. God makes his people. And so the more we meditate on these things, like Gideon, the more we will take up the sword, like Gideon, and go forth against whatever is facing us. Whatever obstacle, just like that elephant, it's small now because of, not because of me, but because of Jesus inside of me, who's come to live in me, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Amen? So take, let, let's, what are you going to do this week? Encourage you to meditate on, go through the Bible and see who God has declared you to be by his word, and whatever God says you are, that you are, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are a mighty man of valor, Gideon. Go forth now in this might of yours and deliver Israel. And indeed, what do we learn there? He did, right? He needed the encouragement eventually. Um, God calls him down there, and he's going against Midian. 150,000 troops or so. Unbelievable numbers. How many did Israel get when Gideon blows the trumpet? 32,000. Those are pretty bad odds, aren't they? 32,000 against 150,000, are they going to win? God says, too many. You got too many on your side, Israel. 32,000, you're going to think maybe you won on account of your own strength. Let's, let's whittle this down a bit. So he says, let every man who's afraid go home. So 20, 22,000 of Israel go running home to their wives and their sweethearts. 10,000 left against 150,000. God says, still too much. Too many. Let's whittle it down again. Gideon, send the men down to drink. Whoever laps water like a dog, those will be your men. 300 left. The other rest of the 10,000 goes. 300 men with Gideon facing 150,000 of the enemy. God says, now you're going to know who's really funny, running this fight. If you can do this, it's me. It's I who is doing this battle inside of you. And then that's indeed what happened, right? Gideon goes down there. He has the lanterns inside the, the, uh, the, the jars. They break them. The lanterns are showing all around Midian. He blows the trumpets. 
and a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. And all, God puts the whole army into disarray and panic. They run away. Gideon calls for the troops to go out and, and kill them on their way back home. <laughs> and God brings a great victory. But what I want you to see today is that God chose who? What he often does, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I think it is, says God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what's foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses the low and despised. Even people who are nobodies, even things that are not, in order to bring to nothing, the somebodies, the people who think they are, the things that are, right? So are you weak tonight? Do you see yourself as small? Do you see yourself as uh, just... Just little old me, what's the Lord going to do? No, you mighty man of valor, says the Lord Jesus. Believe who you are. For it's not you who's going to do this fight, but I am with you. And you shall smite the Midianites as one man. You shall go forward in triumph through Jesus Christ who leads us in triumph. Which leads us to the last point. Who is Gideon? He's ultimately a shadow of the greater Gideon who's Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord himself. Because Gideon was the mighty man of honor whom God sent. Do not I send you? And who is Jesus? God said to Jesus, you are my mighty man of valor, and behold, do I not send you? And Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of house of Israel, to the world itself, in order to be our deliverer, right? To save us from sin, to give us eternal life as a gift of his grace. Through his cross, one man standing against the vast billions of armies of the devil. One man stands up against them there at the cross, the righteous son of God, and slays them all with a word, with his shed blood. Amen. He is our great deliverer, our great Jesus, our great Gideon, if you will. And let's rejoice because he makes you mighty people of valor through him who lives inside you. In Jesus' name, amen.